Hello and good morning to you, my precious beloved family in Christ. I trust, as always, that you are doing well in Christ. If we keep our minds and focus on him, guaranteed our life will be a living testimony. It's your brother, Pastor Chid Jacob, and I'm here this morning that we may share again the bread of life, that we may partake in our daily fellowship with the world. Jesus himself reminded us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And you know, for a word to qualify as the word of God, it's not necessarily that somebody is reading or teaching from the Bible. The word of God is Christ. So for it to be the word of God, it must be a revelation of Christ. Remember, in the Bible, devil spoke, people spoke out of frustration. In fact, some of the things King Solomon wrote, he wrote those things when he was depressed and disappointed. Those things are in the Bible. And for the fact that they are in the Bible does not make them the word of God. Don't forget the Bible is also history and it also recorded the acts of kings and human beings. Some of those acts were really not of God. So for a message to be qualified as the word of God, it must be a revelation of Christ. Don't forget that. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. In my spirit, I know somebody needs this clarification this morning. Christ is the word of God. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. And then God said, let there be light. Now we know that God speaking, let there be light, is a manifestation of Christ. And you can understand that better in the book of John chapter 1 where he started to say that in the beginning, don't forget, First John chapter 1 was explaining Genesis where he now says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God and nothing was made outside of the word. As you read down, you start to understand that that word is Christ. So Christ is the expression of God's character the expression of God's purpose, the expression of God's intents. Christ is the way God expressed himself to us. And the Bible tells us that Christ is the first and final word of God. Christ is the mystery of God revealed to us. Amen and amen. Don't forget that. And I want to repeat, for something to be qualified as the word of God, it must be a revelation of Christ, not necessarily that it is written in the Bible. Now, this morning, I want us to continue by the grace of God from where we stopped yesterday. Remember, we are still sharing on experiencing and manifesting the God life. Don't forget, this is where we are, beloved. And I highly encourage you to always make out time to go back and listen to the messages from the beginning. For example, this should be message number six on this same series. And this series has been built up from a lot of other messages so that we can follow precept upon precept. Praise God. Remember, we are talking about experiencing and manifesting the God life. And it is true. You know now, beyond every reasonable doubt, that to be born again is to receive the life of God, to receive the eternal life of God, to receive God himself into our life. Now that we have that life, we are in that realm where we ought to 
experience the reality of that life and to bring it forth, meaning God working in us that he may walk through us. Praise God. Amen and amen. And this can only happen when Christ is revealed, number one, and when we are devoted to that revelation. Praise God. Now, let me give you another example why you hear me hammer on religion over and over. Because I know that the enemy of your faith today is not the native doctor you are afraid of. It's not the witch that you are afraid of. No, the enemy to your faith is religion because religion gives you an idea that you're with God but you're actually not there in fact it prevents you from knowing God don't forget if you want to prove what I'm telling you don't forget Jesus was never upset at people as sinners the only people Jesus were frustrated with each time you hear Jesus spoke angrily in the gospels it was directed at religious people. Now, the reason I point to this all the time is because religion creates rituals and activities in something, but the spirit is not there. Don't forget. So it is full of activity. It is full of rituals. It's full of do's and don'ts, but the spirit is not there. For example, when you hear the word devotion, what is it that comes to your mind? What will come to your mind is activity. Remember that morning devotion or night devotion. So how does it work? So you come together early in the morning, you clap your hands for maybe like 10 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. Then you pray and then you read your Bible. So you have done morning devotion. After you finish morning devotion, so for you, it's like I have given to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So let me go ahead and leave the rest of the day. But the rest of that day, what is your mind focused on? What are you preoccupied with? Think about that. Is it God or is it Christ or is it circumstances surrounding you? What are you thinking? Is your mind focused on heavenly realities or earthly realities? Now watch this. This is why today... Many people who are raised in those environments don't want to have anything to do with those kind of things. You know why? Because you did those activities over and over and over and then you still saw your parents struggle. You still saw the fight. So you are wondering, how can we be so devoted to this God and then our home is still in this way? So today, I encounter a lot of young people, a lot of young adults who think God is not real because they pray to this God every morning. They may not have told you, but in their mind, they are wondering, how can we be so devoted to this God and then things are still this way? Now, please, I'm not saying this to suggest that praying in the morning is not good. No, but I'm trying to bring up your mind because religion always reduces things to mere activity. No, I'm trying to lift up your mind to see that when the Bible talks about devotion, it's talking about the strength of our faith in Christ. That means how much of our mind is focused on him. Christ is not somebody you talk to in the morning and then go. No, Christ is the one who is with you, always with you, every time. How much of your mind is devoted to him? How much of your faith is based on him? And beloved, it is in this devotion where Christ is the sole knowledge we have. Christ is the knowledge. Devotion is when we come to that place that Christ is the sole knowledge that rules our life. It will make sense to you now why somebody like Apostle Paul, who had done all this, will now come back and say, 
Everything I have known before, everything I have achieved before, I count them as dung, I count them as nothing, that I may gain the excellency that is in the knowledge of Christ. Friend, that's what devotion is. Devotion is not clapping in the morning. And then, like I said yesterday, after you clap in the morning, but your mind is still centered on sin, Satan and demons, village people and occultic powers are more present in your mind than Christ is in your mind. When you finish clapping in the morning, the frustrations around you is actually what dictates your life. When you finish clapping in the morning, the fears around you is what drives your life. You see, that is not devotion, friend. Devotion is when we come to that place when our mind is centered on Christ. In fact, this is why Paul says, I don't want to know any other thing outside of Christ because everything I have known right now, I count them as nothing that I may gain the knowledge of Christ because life is in the knowledge of Christ. Friends, don't forget like we shared yesterday, and you know it's true, you can go to church, you can be a bishop, you can have a large crowd, you can be the best servant in church. However, devotion is how much Christ reigns in my mind and in my thoughts. What do I see? Do I see righteousness in Christ or do I live my life by the dictates of sin in Adam? Don't forget yesterday's message, Adam brought sin, sin led to death. Christ brought righteousness and righteousness led to life. So in Christ, I don't see sin. There is no sin in him. There was no sin in him and there will never be sin in him. So in him, sin does not exist. What is it that exists in Christ is righteousness. And when that righteousness dominates my thoughts, dominates my mind, dominates my focus, it becomes my reality. So you cannot do devotion in the morning by clapping and reading few lines in the Bible. But the rest of the day, your mind is preoccupied by the dictates, the philosophy and the ways of the natural man. Remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so that man is. Don't forget that where the mind goes, the man follows. If my mind is devoted to the knowledge of Christ, this is why I was telling you yesterday, we have to intentionally, number one, commit our mind to the knowledge of Christ. Number two, we have to intentionally preach the gospel over and over, repeat the same things over and over. Why? So that our mind can be translated from the natural realm to the realm of the supernatural. Praise God. If you notice, I've been talking about experiencing and manifesting the God life. If this topic was discussed in a religious setting, then it will be more of activities. I would have given you seven steps to manifest God. Number one, fast 40 days. Number two, go and do this offering. Number three, do this. You see, they will reduce it to activities. Here is the clear difference. The revelation that you have in Christ can prompt you to activities. Don't forget, the faith is not in the activity. It is who you are. Don't forget, what happens comes from who we are and who we are comes from a clear understanding of who we are in Christ because as Christ is, so we are. So if there's no sin in Christ, you are not a sinner. Your mind should be focused on righteousness. This is what devotion, to be devoted to God, is that your mind is focused on righteousness. Your mind is focused on life 
not death. Praise God. I'm going to read Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 to 8. Of course, I may not be able to get to verse 8, so we can take the rest tomorrow. But let me begin this scripture, and I'm giving the scripture so that you can also read ahead of time. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 to 8. This is where Brother Paul, the apostle, was talking about the driving force behind his ministry, which is also the driving force behind our message, the driving force behind my ministry, the driving force behind the message we try to send out consistently every morning. He says, I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven. Don't forget, your heart is wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into lost fabric. How does he do that? The more the message of Christ is preached, the more Christ dominates our hearts, the more our devotion is to him. Praise God. He says, this will give you access to all the riches of God. Watch this. As you experience the revelation of God's great mystery. And what is that mystery? Christ. In other words, as your heart is wrapped in the comfort of heaven, this heaven here is heavenly realm. That means as your heart is wrapped or our hearts are wrapped in the consciousness of the supernatural, in the consciousness of Christ, in the consciousness of righteousness, in the consciousness of the peace that is Christ, in the consciousness of the life that we have in Christ, he now says that wrapping of your heart, that means that domination in your mind, will give you access to all the riches of God. Watch this as you experience. Therefore, the revelation of Christ is meant for us to experience. It ought to be something that we experience and manifest. But sir, excuse me, how can you experience and manifest something that number one, you are not even aware of. Number two, when you hear it, you don't even believe it. The gospel of Christ that we preach today sounds heretic to the eyes of those that religion has kept in bondage. It says that this wrapping of our heart in the comfort of heaven will give us access to the riches of God as we experience the revelation of God's great mystery. I just read only verse 2. Let me go to verse 3 and I'll read the rest of this scripture tomorrow. Watch this. It says, For our spiritual wealth is in him. Our spiritual wealth is in him. Let me just say this. Do you know one of the greatest errors that has happened to the body of Christ is when we began to teach people how to use faith to produce a car. So we are trying to use faith to produce things that you can have whether you prayed or not. Of course, because of poverty in this part of the world, not just physical poverty, but mental also, we accepted that faith was something we needed to use to produce car. The unfortunate tragedy about those things is that it denies us what faith is supposed to produce. Sir, faith is supposed to produce things that nothing else can produce. For example, the righteousness that we have in Christ can only come by faith. What is that righteousness? That God has given us his nature and because of that, we have a right standing with God. There's no other way that can come except by faith in Christ. 
Now, we are talking about life that leads to immortality. There's no way that can come except by faith in Christ. So, rather than our faith growing in the supernatural, our faith was actually growing to the natural. We are trying to use God to produce things that you can get whether you believe in God or not. Praise God. Now, just for the sake of balancing, we are not saying that these things cannot manifest as we go. But don't forget, that is not the focus of our faith. Now, I know my time is fast spent, so let me wrap up on verse number three. It says again, for our spiritual wealth is in him. Watch this. Like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Friend, this is what the Holy Ghost is leading us into. That you and I, we discover the spiritual wealth that is in Christ. Praise God. Friend, I welcome you daily to this experience. Let us allow the Spirit of God to unveil to us the hidden treasures that is in Christ. And he says here, heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation. Praise God. Endless riches of revelation. Praise God. Now, I'm going to stop here, but let me just mention this. The reason Brother Paul was writing this is this. He was trying to remind them of where true wealth and true riches and true knowledge abide that it is in Christ. That's why, number one, if you watch in verse 2, it says that God's great mystery is Christ. So, anybody who is trying to teach you another mystery of God that is not in Christ is leading you astray. Please, I encourage you to read to verse 8 because you will see where Brother Paul was explaining this. So, today, our devotion, what we seek to know should be Christ because Christ is the mystery of God. There's no other mystery that God has outside of Christ. But watch this. When they want to lead you astray, they will try to point you away from Christ. Somebody will say, you know, it's only this one thing that you know. You also need to know seven strategic demonic oppressions. Don't forget, it is knowledge that corrupts. And the knowledge that you welcome, you become. Don't forget that. When they sit you down and start to teach you seven strategic ways that demons operate at night, they are subjecting you to knowledge that will become your experience. In the same way, don't forget, if Christ is your primary knowledge, he becomes your experience. Don't forget, beloved. I want to remind you as I try to round off here. Don't forget, the devil had no power to force Adam and Eve out of God's will until he exposed them to knowledge. The Bible says is the knowledge of good and evil. There's a little bit of good in it. There's evil in it. When somebody says, you know, it is also good, even though you know Christ, it is also good that you know about demons. It's also good that you know about sin. Let us study the 12 dimensions of sin. It's also good to know they are leading you away from Christ. If a man has headache, he does not need lecture on headache. He does not need to understand the seven fundamentals of headache. No, what that man needs is panadol. That's what that man needs. If a man is a sinner, he doesn't need to understand seven dimensions of sin. He needs solution for his sin. And what is that solution? The righteousness that is in Christ. Friend, as the apostle contend, so by the grace of God, I contend for you every morning that your mind will be centered only on Christ. That our devotion in mind and faith is only on him. I'm going to stop here 
and come back to you again tomorrow by the grace of God so that the Holy Spirit will continue to lead us to discover the hidden treasures that are in him. Please enjoy your day. Don't forget to share the message as much as you can. This is the light that the world needs. Shalom.